my name's Pete and this is Attack of Final Fantasy. This is a podcast where I try to complete every single Final Fantasy game using Attack Early. Um, and this week we do part three of Final Fantasy IV. I do hope you enjoy it. <laughs> So Cecil finds himself alone on this um, beach and I'm on the world map now. Um, his party has been split, torn apart by Leviathan. And we all know in D&D that is a cardinal sin as I'm sure it is in Final Fantasy games as well. Splitting the party is never good. To the east I found a little town and it's Mysidia, the town that was torn apart at the beginning of the game. Uh, I know that from previous playthroughs, I'm not allowed to talk to anyone, so I head straight forward into the Manor of Prayers. The reason for not talking to anyone is pretty simple. They're all mages and they will turn me into toads and pigs and make me small. Just awful, awful things. So I don't want to have to be curing that. Talking with the Elder, Cecil attempts to apologise for his past deeds and the Elder tells him that won't bring back the dead, but he can see that he has changed. Cecil explains about the fight that they are currently a part of and the Elder seems to think that this is a test to prove his self-worth. Cecil's, not the Elder's. The Elder urges Cecil to lay down the Dark Sword for it will only continue to darken his soul. He suggests heading to Mount Ordeals to face the darkness. Cecil is frustrated by this notion, saying that he doesn't have time to waste. The Elder disregards this and says he must go to Mount Ordeals to turn his Sword of Darkness into one of light. He must become a paladin. Cecil tells the Elder that he fears that he can't do it alone and the Elder entrusts Cecil's safety to the well-being of two of his mages. These two mages are Palam and Porum. They are twins and they are both children. And then we're told to go on our way. A short shopping trip later and I'm on my way to Mount Ordeals. I did accidentally buy a healing rod before realising that it would be completely useless to me. Just of South Mount Ordeals there's a Chocobo forest. In this forest there's White Chocobo which restores MP. So the first thing I'm going to do is save on the world map and try climbing Mount Ordeals. If I find that I'm struggling, I will load my save, level up a bit and I will be using Porum's Cure spell in between battles to get my health up and then when my magic runs dry I can go and speak to the Chocobo in the forest and keep going like that. At the base of Mount Ordeals there's some pillars of fire blocking our way. Porum gets Palum to cast Blizzard on them so we can pass by. Then there's a scene with Rosa, Kane, and Golbez. Golbez summons a creature called Scullione, I think, who is one of the four elemental lords. He sends it to stop Cecil from achieving his goal on Mount Ordeals. Kane begs for a second chance to face off against Cecil, but Golbez shuts him down and tells him that he's lucky to be alive after his previous blunder. Back to Cecil climbing the mountain. This is a part that I really wasn't looking forward to. I 
think this is going to be a struggle. Halfway through the climb, we come across Teller again. He is on the mountain looking for meteor magic. The, the magic that is meteor. The twins try telling Teller that using Meteor is sure to kill him, but Teller is willing to sacrifice himself if it means killing Golbez. Teller asks Cecil why he is here, and Cecil tells him he's on a quest to become a paladin. So Teller decides to join us, and we continue the climb. And we die. I'm wondering if that healing staff would have been handy against the undead creatures. When I reload, I go back to Mycidia and pick it up. Whilst I'm here, I decide to stick around outside and grind out some levels. I grind until I can afford new armour for Teller, a crossbow for each of the mages, and a stock of holy arrows for a boss fight a little bit later on. I also pick up all of Cecil's armour for when he becomes a paladin. Once done, I head back to Mount Ordeals, save outside again, and begin the climb anew. When we reach the top, there's a little safe area to tent and save, so I use that and equip the mages with crossbows and the holy arrows. I fight Skargalone on one side of the bridge. Once I defeat it, I go and tent and save once again, because he attacks once more when we get to the other side of the bridge. What I didn't realise is he attacks us from behind this time, so I reload and before crossing the bridge, I rearrange my party. I range them so that when we're back attacked, Cecil is in the front row and the mages are in the back. To my surprise, he goes down really easily the second time round and he falls off the bridge to his death again. The part that I'm dreading is coming up though and I'm just hoping that I've leveled Cecil enough so that he can withstand the next solo battle. I go back to the safe room once more, save and heal up before proceeding. We approach a monument at the top of Mount Ordeals and Cecil hears somebody call him Son. Ooh, spookums. Then we are taken inside, to a room where the voice continues to address Cecil. After we pick up a sword and get transformed into a paladin, the voice tells Cecil to break from his past and revive the holy power. Then the Dark Knight version of Cecil emerges from a mirrored wall at the back of the room and attacks. I have to fight against this Dark Knight to escape my past. I was so confused the first time I played this, I tried to fight him like a normal fight and kept dying. What you're supposed to do is defend throughout the fight. He uses darkness which consumes his health with each use. Now, being an attack only run, I can't select defend, so what I have to do is just hope and pray that he dies before taking me out. Before the fight, the mages tried to help Cecil, but he tells them to stay back because this is his fight to atone for his past. And it actually goes so much smoother than I managed it going. Cecil is now a paladin and the voice calls him son once more before the Dark Knight leaves. Pretty spooky spookums spookums. Obviously, feeling like he isn't getting enough attention because Cecil's hogging it all, Teller claims he remembers all of his spells. He even learns Meteor. The twins try to come clean with Cecil about something, but Teller butts in saying that he's ready to kill Golbez, and he is doom itself. Good on him. You go get him, Teller. You bloody go get that Golbez. And he tells Cecil that we have to go to Baron. Cecil agrees, although he is still confused as to why he was being called Sun. Back on top of the mountain, I decide to walk down instead of warp, because Cecil, now he's a paladin, starts at level 1 again. When we get back to Mycidia, we go to speak with the Elder. 
He seems a bit shocked that we succeeded and the twins tell him that Cecil was brilliant. It turns out they were sent by the Elder to spy on Cecil. Cecil admits that he thought this was the case but doesn't blame the Elder for not trusting him after what he did the last time he was here. The Elder remarks on his sword and says it holds the words of an ancient Mycidian legend. And this legend goes like this. One born of a dragon, bearing darkness and light, shall rise to the heavens over the still land. The moon's light eternal brings a promise to earth with bounty and grace. Thank you, wife. Thank you very much. That's very nice. Much better than I'm doing. Cecil asks why the light called him son, but the elder doesn't have an answer for this. The elder believes that Cecil is the one that the legend spoke of. Then Teller gets impatient with all the talk and demands to go kill Golbez. The Elder seems to know Teller too and is surprised that the meteor spell has been unlocked. He expresses concern about the world, but Teller brushes this off and states he only wishes to avenge Anna. The Elder tries warning Teller about using Meteor, but Teller just does not care. The Elder goes on to say that with Cecil's newfound power and Meteor, we might be able to defeat Golbez. It's at this point I start thinking, so let me get on with it. I guess I was just channeling my inner teller. Cecil tells the Elder that he has to get to Baron to get an airship, and the Elder grants him the use of the Devil's Passage, otherwise known as the Devil's Road. As we get to leave, the twins ask the Elder to allow them to continue travelling with Cecil. The Elder agrees, and we all chuff off to the Devil's Road. We enter the Devil's Road and pop out on the other side in Baron. I go to Sid's house to look for him, but he isn't there, so I talk to some villagers. From the villagers, I learn that Sid went to the castle, but he hasn't returned, and there's a monk and some soldiers in the inn. So I go to the inn to have a look, and the monk is Yang, and he calls Cecil a traitor and tells the soldiers to seize him. After a bit of a scuff, we defeat them, and then Yang himself attacks us. After the battle, Yang snaps out of whatever trance he is in and Cecil asks after Rydia and Edward. Apparently, Rydia was swallowed up by Leviathan and he wasn't sure what happened to Edward. When we try to leave the inn, they thank us for clearing out the soldiers and they allow us to rest for free, so we do. After the party catch Yang up on some stuff, they plan to get into the castle to find Sid. Luckily, Yang has a barren key on him. This must have been from when he was in charge. I didn't mention this before, but a couple of the doors in Baron are locked and I can now go and unlock them. A woman in the town tells us there's a waterway that will take us to Baron Castle, but it's locked. Well, we've got a key, so after a bit of shopping, that is going to be our next destination. I make my way through the waterway without any real issues and at the end of it there's a restroom which I use before exiting into the castle. As I start to explore the whole castle seems empty, that is until I run into Bagan. He explains that he does not align himself with Golbez and Cecil suggests he joins us but the twins intervene saying they sense danger. It turns out Bagan is a monster now and Golbez granted him power to turn into the monster. So we're forced to kill him. Afterwards I go to Cecil's room in the West Tower and heal up before I continue my exploration. Downstairs in the Eastern Tower there's a part that's blocked by an invisible force. 
which is pretty mysterious. We go to the throne room to find the king sitting there. When spoken to, he reveals himself to not be the king, but to be Kagnazo, the Lord of Water. I have no idea why they didn't just stick with the names from Final Fantasy 1 for the four elemental fiends, why they had to go all fancy. Anyway, this guy's been impersonating the king the whole time, and we're launching into a battle with him. Uh, we kill him fairly quickly, it's not really too hard. And afterwards, Sid bursts into the throne room, and he seems very angry. Sid is happy to see Cecil again, and asks after Rosa. Cecil tells him that Rosa has been kidnapped by Golbez. Sid isn't too happy about this, but Teller interrupts in classic Teller fashion, and an old man shouting match breaks out. Porum splits it up, and everyone introduces themselves to Sid. Cecil asks where Sid's airship is, and he tells him it's somewhere no one would expect and beckons everyone to follow him. So they do. But Cagnazo has one more trick up his sleeve. In the connecting hallway, he makes the walls start moving in on the party, a la Star Wars trash compactor. The doors either side are locked, so the twins thank everyone for everything they have done for them and cast a spell that turns themselves to stone. This stops the walls and a distraught teller tries casting Isuna on them, but because they cast a spell of their own free will, it doesn't cure them. The remaining party members are now full of fury and set on revenge. Then there's a small scene with Golbez and Kane. Golbez seems concerned about the rate that Cecil's power is growing and Kane suggests getting Cecil to get the last crystal in exchange for Rosa. Golbez thinks that this is a good idea and Kane sets off to deliver the proposal to Cecil. Back in Baron Castle, Sid opens a secret passage that leads him down to a hidden airship, the Enterprise. On board, we take off into the sky. Once up in the air, Sid calls for everyone to get to their battle stations, but Cecil asks him to wait before Teller spots a white flag on an approaching airship. Just a side note. Would you really trust them? The enemy airship sails alongside the Enterprise and Kane begins crossing a bridge that seemingly appeared from nowhere that connects the two. Sid calls Kane a little maggot <laughs> and Cecil demands to know where Rosa is. Kane tells him to bring the Earth Crystal if he wishes to have her back. He will come and find us once we have the Earth Crystal. As Kane turns to board his airship, Cecil implores him to wake up, but Kane says he has nothing else to say to Cecil, and the airship flies away. Back on the Enterprise, Cecil dejectedly asks Sid to set a course for Troia. Now I have control of the Enterprise, I can go off exploring the world. The first place I come across is a town of Agart. There is a deep, deep well in the middle of the town, which may or may not be used later. There's also an observatory here and they have reported strange activity on one of the two moons. Another guy tells us he witnessed a red mass get sucked into Northern Crater. I've not flown over any craters here, but maybe he means on the moon. Then I fly to Mist and have a look around. I find a bunch of bomb fragments scattered around, and in one of the houses there's a secret passage which leads to a rod of change. And finally, I make my way to a town called Mithro. Can you guess what they sell here? The townspeople all seem to have strange status afflictions, but they seem to get on on with it. 
Some of the people are pigs, some are frogs, some are mini. I have to grind up for some gill on the outside of town, but I end up equipping the best weapons and armor that money can buy. So now I head for Troya. Well, I've got to go looking for it first. I found it, it's on the very edge of a huge forest. I go into the town and it seems to be a town full of perverts. There are some hidden items about the place, but nothing really important. So I come out again and go to the castle instead to kindly ask for the crystal. Whilst exploring the castle, we come across Edward, who is wounded in a bed. He tries to get up and come with us, but we tell him to rest. He once again apologises to Teller for what happened to Anna and is glad to see that Yang is alive. He asks after Redia, but Yang just hangs his head. Sid introduces himself and Edward is ecstatic that we now have an airship. He then asks after Rosa and Cecil goes over what happened yet again. Cecil says that we need Troya's crystal and for some bizarre reason he knows about the Dark Elf. This dark elf has stolen the crystal and the clerics are going to ask for us to get it back but they haven't yet. Edward gives us a twin harp and tells us we must save Rosa. So now I go to speak with the clerics and yep they ask us to go get the crystal back and then they will lend it to us. One of them warns us that the dark elf has cast a magnetic field around the cave so metallic weapons are useless. This is because the Dark Elf is weak against metal. And that is where I'm going to end this episode. Um, I've been a bit busy today. I went to see my new Jurassic Park film and I popped into work and I went and had breakfast with my mother. So I haven't really had much time to record anything. That does sound like an excuse because it is. I'm going to try to have this all wrapped up within the next two Thursdays because for the Thursdays in July I'm doing a charity stream for the Children's Society. I still haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet but I'm going to try to stream on Twitch and my Facebook page but I've got to research that in a minute. If you follow me on Twitter and on the Facebook page, I'll be posting the times then and I'm going to be doing my Final Fantasy IX attack only run on those streams and recording the podcast at the same time. So if you feel like joining me for that, please do. It'll be Thursdays in the daytimes. Uh, I'm probably going to aim for sort of four Thursdays for six hours a day. So I'll probably try to do 10 till four. Uh, that's in uh, my time. That's BST. I just checked with the wife and it is BST. That does sound like some sort of disease though. Right, anyway, until next week, uh, do all the good stuff for me. That would be really cool of you. Uh, you can find me at SelectTac on Twitter or email me at attackonff at hotmail.com. Um, there's a link tree link in my description with the links to all my other social bits and bobs. And until then, I will see you soon.